3: are being warmed up must mean that the season is about to officially begin the first on-track action for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. This is a session, not a practice, technically, if you abide by the schedule, but indeed we do have cars rolling down the pit lane to kick off the 2024 season. Hi everyone, I'm Shay Adam. Welcome to another year of IMSA Radio. Today, we've got some very, very cool things coming for you chats with a lot of drivers in the field I've tried to break it up by class and I will try to abide by that but there are some drivers who yesterday in media day well they didn't exactly stick around for interviews so I'm gonna have to hunt them down in the paddock which means you're gonna have a little bit more ambient noise you'll know who they are when you hear them but for right now it's done as far as time to talk is concerned It's time to actually drive. And I'm seeing helmeted race car drivers up on the wall at Daytona International Speedway staring at the start-finish line and those famous words, the world center of racing. That's why we're all here. Everyone wants the Rolex. There's four classes this year to try and earn one. And plenty of drivers who are eager to put a new timepiece on their wrist. So for now, we're going to wait for the green flag to fly and the cars to leave their pit boxes for the first time of what will be many, many times this year, and then we'll see what the times look like. But in the meantime, enjoy some conversations with some people who you don't yet realize might be your favorite to win the championship. All right, we're gonna start this out it's with something probably. a little Lucky bit interviews. fun. <laughs> Lucky interviews, yes, but also, look at that. Champ GTD Pro 2023, Ben Barnigan. How good does it feel to have that next to your name?
4: Uh, yeah, amazing. It's. Uh... Obviously, with all motorsport, you always start out wanting to achieve the best you can do. And, you know, that starts a little bit different for everyone with their own ambitions and goals. But um, I see that title and, you know, to be able to call myself as 2023 Institute Pro Champion. That's my first major title I've got to my name, uh, you know, to do it at the age of 26, which is not the youngest, but, you know, not the oldest. It's, it's nice knowing I've got it in the bank and hopefully can, can add a good good few more to the tally before I'm done.
3: Well, and the reason we needed to do this lucky interview is because the next thing is best finish at Daytona, third. That was last year. Th- I mean, third at Daytona is always an accomplishment. And especially when you think about it, setting up the BOP for the rest of the year, you don't want to compromise anything coming into the beginning of the season. So how hard do you push for the Rolex?
4: Uh, I think any racing driver in the world will tell you that they want to come and win a, a Rolex, you know, yeah. a Rolex race uh, you know it's definitely one of the most pre- prestigious races in the world um you know we're one of the best trophies on the line with, yeah. with, with the Rolex watch um so you know if we're in an opportunity to go for a win we'll 100% be doing it um yeah there's the point about the BOP and stuff like that but you know the BOP is more about the pace and, and what you have to get there um and GT's has always been an extremely competitive field in all honesty we've never quite had the pace to win this race um 2022 and 2023 going into the final hours we were there in the money seat where we needed to be and we just didn't quite have straight line speed to to do that so um you know who knows what this year is going to be a lot of new cars and as i said if we're in a position to do it we're going to do it but the the main thing about this race is to come out like we did the last two years really just with some good points on the board and a good foundation to to start our uh, championship defense
3: We learned last year, qualifying does make a difference. I mean, Jack, with more polls than anyone else in the category, the 35 points that you get for that, that does make a difference. So do you actually put down your best foot forward in the qualifying for the ROAR?
4: Yeah, hundred percent. The last, uh, you know, the last two years I've actually qualified at Daytona because uh, typically, you know, previous years the qualifying driver has to start the race. The team have always wanted me to start this race. Um, so, you know, last year I was all in, gave it everything I could, and that was only good enough for six. Need to get some more tips off of Jack. But uh, you know, it's obviously championship points is one thing, but you know, you're a little bit the higher up you are, it kind of takes away some of the risk of. of Getting caught up in an instant, stuff like that. So, yeah, we always, you know, as a team, I think it's very clear. You're seeing the practices. We're always at the top. That's because we do qualifying sims quite often. Um, And yeah, we'll be, we'll definitely be going for the pole on Sunday.
3: How much of this championship-winning team is still here? Came back for 2024.
4: Uh, On our car, absolutely everyone's back, other than our driver changer. So, uh, you know, it's complete copy paste. uh, You know, for the Daytona this year, it's the first time we have run four drivers but obviously it's it's Mike who was with us for Daytona last year uh you know world endurance champion and then Kyle who's done done a lot with the team and the brand already so uh, um yeah it's all all kind of copy paste we're we're feeling good and ready to go
3: you've won one major endurance year uh, one major endurance race every year Daytona or Sebring this year which one are you gonna get
4: <laughs> uh, I'll be happy with either yeah. I'll be happy with it. I don't care which one it is as long as we get one that'd be uh, amazing
3: how good did it feel to win Watkins last year
4: yeah, it was it was amazing. You know, I think that whole um, weekend was kind of like the perfect storm. Uh, obviously, it's the first time we won on since I've been in the team. I think, well, it's the first time we've won GTD Pro and GTD on the same day. So that was, you know, just amazing for team morale, team spirit, and we had a lot of executives over from Japan. So if there was ever a time to do it. That was the day, and uh, you know, in GTD Pro, we had a well, the, you know, the team just did a great job. We had a fab, you know, fabulous car. It was just one of those races where you kind of just felt in control you know we had a good package everyone was on it um obviously we had a small mishap with the drive-through at the end but luckily we had a bit of a buffer and jack did an amazing move to to get it back so yeah that was a that was a special day and uh, you know it's ones like that that you'll that petit le mans are definitely two of the big um highlights that stick out from my time here so far at lexus
3: you've gone from a class with five cars week in and week out to a class that has 12 for the rolex in particular looking like close to 10 full season how does that change your approach now going into trying to try defend this championship?
4: Um in all honesty it changes nothing you know you go to every weekend trying to win and do the best you can so in terms of preparation um you know the the procedures we run through before we get to a race the motions we go through on a weekend that will all be exactly the same uh, you know cuz we're here to win and and do the best we can i think The areas where we may see a change will be slightly during the races. You know, there's a few more cars. So the way that you call your strategy may change, you know, depending, you know, now we're going to cycle further back down the GTD field, GTD pro field, depending on some of those. Um, some of those things, but I think um, in all honesty, like having more cars is a, a strength for us. Last year, the one thing we did better than everyone was be consistent. We didn't have the most wins, but we we're on the podium nine out of 11 times. Um, and if we can do that again with more cars, that's only going to help us, um, you know, do what we did again. So, of course, that'll be diff- more difficult, but that's the game plan just to copy and paste. We've, we've got the playbook now, right? So, uh, it's a bit easier for everyone knowing what we need to do
3: yeah sorry about those two races that you weren't on the podium for not doing the lucky interview before um you mentioned the fact that now we're we're coming into a copy and paste situation the bop for you guys coming into this race is fairly similar to last year uh 10 kilos more but three millimeter bigger restrictor and five more liters of fuel so how similar can your copy and paste setup sheet look last year to this
4: Um, Well, yeah, I say copy and paste. Obviously, there's also a new tyre coming from Michelin for this season. So uh, in terms of car setup, that is going to change quite a lot. I I wasn't here at the December test, so I haven't actually personally experienced a new tyre, but I know the the guys are on top of it. They had a good test and felt like, um, you know, they did the best. I think with some of the new cars coming you know you make the point of BOP I think it's quite a hard one to know where you're at obviously yes we've had an increase in power against last year um, and an increase in weight which probably is the right thing to do because there was a point last year where we lost engine power and, and lost weight but you know our cars like the Lexus RCF GT3 has always been really strong in the corners and weaker on the straights so, you know I'm pretty happy to see the BOP shift we got um, but with the new cars it's kind of hard to know where we're going to be at until we uh, <laughs> probably until the last five hours of the race uh, next weekend.
3: Well, I'll have to find you on the grid so we can keep the lucky streak alive. Ben, good luck defending your championship.
4: Thanks, Jay. Thank
3: you. Joey Hand, welcome back to IMSA Racing. We have missed you so much. This is a culmination of something that's been a long time coming, though, this Ford GT program uh, ending and then coming back with the Mustang. What's it like to have one of the fan favorites of all time beneath you around the high banks of Daytona?
5: Well, I'd say there's a lot of excitement around right now, for me especially, but for the whole program. I mean, for me, it's, you know, back to full-time racing. You know, even when you're full-time racing, when you drive through the tunnel here at Daytona the first time for the year, it's like, hey, it's go time, it's race time, right? So, uh, you know, we have new trucks, we have new cars, we have new apparel, cool stuff. We have all this all this, just exciting stuff. I mean, and then on top of that, the series is thriving. You know, I mean, this is going to be... I tell a lot of people i've i've been here for a long time i've seen the ups and the downs and this is going to be for me i'm i'm going to predict this is going to be some of the best racing and most manufacturer involvement that we've seen ever like ever ever so um it's a great time to be sports car racing great time to be an IMSA. great time to be a ford race car driver so wow. just just a ton of excitement but yeah i mean you're right like we're bringing this iconic mustang brand back to the racetrack um in G T three at the top level here now and you know we're gonna bring not only is IMSA thriving, right, but we're also gonna bring a ton of fans with yeah. us, right? We're gonna bring Mustang fans with us to every race. I've already been on the airplane a lot in the last year and uh I already I already sit you know, I sit next to a lot of people like you do and you say, Oh they drive race cars, what do you drive? I drive a Mustang. Oh, my dad's got a Mustang. Uh, yeah. My brother's got a Mustang. My grandpa's got a Mustang. It doesn't matter what year Mustang you have. We're racing Mustangs and we're gonna bring all those from the sixties to now Mustang fans with us. So you know there's a that that plays a lot into it. I mean we're gonna be racing obviously for ourselves, but we have we're gonna have this this group of people following us around the world. We have the Ford Performance, you know, family, we have the Ford family, we have all the people that work at Ford. So it's uh like I said, it's very exciting times.
3: Does it feel like a different experience from when you guys rolled out the Ford G T. A
5: little bit, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a little different because four GT, we got it super late. Yeah. We got it in October. We raced it here in January. This, I rolled the first one of these cars out in the parking lot in Mooresville uh, basically a year ago, like in February last year. So, um, you know, we've had a little more time with the car, but we also had to do more with the car. We had to this homologation process and stuff like that. We had to um, endurance test the drivetrain and the whole car. I mean, the four GT... We had run that drivetrain, that engine and all that, we had run in the Daytona prototype, you know, right? So that thing had been proven out. And that was the whole point of that is we were running in the prototype. That was the same basic stuff that went into the four G T. So we in that we weren't having to mileage out all that stuff. So this we're we're starting from the ground up with a car. And so we had a lot a lot going on, a lot a lot to test, a lot to run. And so it's a little different, but, you know, also you, again, you talked about like this iconic Mustang, you know, so it's something that everybody wants to see, you know, the Ford GT, nobody really knew what they were getting, including us. Everybody's like, Ooh, the Ford GT and people at that point hadn't even really got to see the road car much. You know, there wasn't that many out there. This is a very different thing. We have Mustangs on the road, the Dark Horse is on the road, the Dark Horse, we have all these Mustangs out there. So, um you know we it's it's different because we just have we we have a little bit more to do and we have a bit of a more iconic uh car that we're doing it with
3: the reason i ask is as a ford fan as a racing fan and as a mustang fan i want to see you guys come out and do well i want to see you guys fighting for the rolex in the 23rd hour because that's just what racing fans want the ford gt you didn't get the rolex win that year you didn't get the sebring win that year upon your debut but then you came out pretty strong at le mans not holding anything back at daytona this year that you guys are going for the watches
5: oh yeah i mean we didn't come here for sure we didn't come here to just run around and do more testing that's for sure we are we are definitely here to win from the beginning and that's that's clear from jim varley ceo bill ford edsel ford you know we're here we're here to take care of business as much as we can you know what we don't know very much very well what's in front of us right we're racing against cars we've never run against we haven't seen them Uh, you know, everybody has a BOP. Everybody's kind of just now figuring out out what is that going to look like for us. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're here. We're definitely here. We feel like we've done we've done what we need to do to test the car. We've done what we do. we we are here to per build performance in the car, make a race car that race for the whole race, um, and try and win watches because I only have two. So I would love to have three. <laughs> everybody yeah. needs three watches, right? One Chase. for
3: each of your kids yeah, and Chase. your wife. Yeah,
5: and I'll just walk around with that one. Yeah, right now. yeah well then Chase, you can come back
3: next year and get another one.
5: Yeah, Chase would like to try one on, I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's we're here. We're definitely here to go after it. But you know, this is a long-term program. I mean, I think everybody can see how invested Ford is into motorsports. Period. Right? It's so awesome. We had our launch party the other day. And we had 50 Ford race car drivers there, from Donnie Shots in a sprint Sprint car to us guys to all the NASCAR drivers, drift guys. I mean, Ford is literally going to be racing every weekend around the world, so uh, Ford is in it, and, and it's so exciting to be part of it because how much Ford is in it. And, and like when I say Ford, I mean like the family and the people that work there and Ford Performance and, and all of us, so great group of people you know a lot of people from the 4GT days are working together so a lot of us know each other so it was easy to come in here it's not like starting a new program necessarily um, because a lot of people work together so uh yeah I mean I can't say enough it's it's been a very long time since I've been so excited about coming to the racetrack I mean obviously I've been not uh, I've been gone for a little bit and now I'm back to full-time racing all that but there's just it's just cool I mean you're seeing a lot of drivers here there's fans everywhere i mean it's it's awesome
3: looking at the car for the first time today was really cool Uh, getting to see it go out on track i noticed the headlights are very thin they're they're narrow but they look like they're still powerful how is the visibility in the car at night
5: yeah i mean we're going to do some more running at night we've done a little bit but it seemed pretty good Um, yeah i mean when you look at the car like you said like it it couldn't be much more america right like from the from the colors to the shape to the sound i mean it's it screams America, and I think that's the it's it's the one that'll stand out, right? And uh, you know, the cool part is, like Jim Farley's been talking about. You know, we get to race this iconic Ford Mustang, that's you know the best-selling sports car in the world, and all this, and we get to race against the world, right? And that's what that's what Ford wants to do. That's what anybody wants to do. Like when you win a race in this series now in the WeatherTech Series, you will be able to say, hey. I beat the best, of the best, and not just drivers, marks, teams, everything. So that's that's what I that's why I come to play.
3: Well, and you bring up an interesting point because now it's a different ballpark than when you left it because it's all GT3 spec machinery. So GTD cars with pros at the end, as we saw last year, are just as fast as the GTD Pro cars. It gets a little bit convoluted. So now you're going to be racing twenty, no, thirty-seven cars. 37, maybe by the end of the by the end of the race, how's that going to be?
5: Well, I got some practice in the Cup NASCAR Cup Series, Yay. so uh, in, in in the Cup deal, I was so impressed with how much dogfighting there is from 1st to 30th, right? I mean, it was just, you were always, I mean, you were in a race the whole race, three hours of just non-stop intensity, and that's what I foresee happening in this race. I mean, uh, I was just telling somebody that, 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 it's like, hey, you know that if every pro just happened to be in the same time in the, the race, it's a 37-car race, you know, and of course... The pro class is racing against themselves and am, but that's nobody's gonna care about that, right? Like they're not gonna get out of your way. So um, there's gonna be a lot going on, and when it's all said and done, I think we all, everybody has to remember what we're here for. We're here to put on a show, right? I mean, we want to win. Everyone wants to win, but also what we all get paid for is the show, right? And, And IMSA has done a great job getting the show right, and now we just have to do it, right? So. I, I would I would go out on a limb, and I will guarantee that people are going to want to tune into NBC and, and Peacock and watch this show because uh, I'm guessing there's going to be some rubbing <laughs> and rubbing is racing. I'm guessing there's going to be some dive planes lost. Uh, there's going to be some touching. So, and it's going to be it's going to be a fun when you're at the front of it, uh, which I hope to be. But it's going to be an awesome show.
3: It'll be a good one to win. Good luck getting out
5: there, Joey. Thank you.
3: 15 starts three wins two of them coming here at the Rolex Daytona from Mauro Angle Morrow, this race last year chose you guys that was very evident but then you went on to win Petit Le Mans too so two out of the three races last year you got the big trophy from are you sure you don't want to figure out a way to do a full season of IMSA uh,
2: look I, I love IMSA racing it's always exciting it's always cool um there's always something going on and you never have it in the bag until until the last lap basically and then you come come through the last corner so IMSA racing is definitely exciting and, 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 and uh, yeah it's definitely been good to us as well last year with uh, two big wins and um, you know we'll, we'll try and go again this year
3: What is it about the Mercedes that seems to be such a strong platform at this race in particular?
2: We know we have a, we have a really really strong car. It's it's reliable, um, obviously well engineered. Um, it's proven over the years, and I think the fact that we we have a car that we know well is also an advantage. Um, and it's just a good all-round car. So uh, for sure, you know um, we 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 know we've got a really good base, and, um, and and it's up to us to deliver.
3: Does that make it even more pressure for you than when you know that the car is capable?
2: No, we know the competition's stiff, and especially after last year's win. Um, I think we can expect that some of the competition will be will be much stronger this year. So we're not necessarily going into this uh into this you know 10 day period of, as as favorites. I think others others are clearly the favorites, but uh we have a very strong lineup. We um we have a, probably the strongest amateur with with Kenny um on the car. Um he's always been amazing around here in, in, in Daytona and obviously a very strong team behind us. So, you know, I think we'll we'll be as good prepared as well prepared as we can be and um, You know who knows it's it's a long 24 hours and you know like we said in IMSA racing anything can happen
3: just to back up statistically what you said about Kenny last year he was the 26th quickest driver in the GTD class period there were a lot more professionals than that 40th overall now you and Jules Gunon were both very, very quick as well. Uh, Jules was the fastest, you were the second fastest. So not exactly bad when you consider all of this wrapping up together. Kenny, he's got a strength, and, and he really seems to flourish in these endurance races. But it's not because he's doing less time. It is actually that he does better in the endurance races.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Kenny's Kenny's got a, a, a an amazing natural car control for uh, for an amateur. You know, that's, that's clear and obvious. Um, I remember in sebring one year i think he was the only driver to break past the the brick wall into the last corner which <laughs> which um you know you, you got to hand it to him and, and so he does he does well and um uh it, it's definitely also a track that that he he likes here so you know i think i think he'll be he'll be strong um and then you know we'll see how the how the rest of the race plans out after that when when luca jules and i uh, take over
3: minimum drive time is only two hours in the pro class so that does open things up for you guys a lot more and that is a difference from last year when you had to do a lot less driving because your amateur driver had to do a lot more so coming into the race this year it might be doable to do it back to
2: back we're definitely you know that's why we're here we know that's the dream um, that's what we want to try and achieve we know it won't be easy like i said um, others are probably the favorites going into this uh into this uh, period but Nonetheless, uh, weather could, could play a role as well, and we'll definitely give it our absolute best shot.
3: I noticed Joel has a very nice watch on his wrist. Uh, do either of yours ever see the light of day?
2: Um, well, those who know me closely and follow me, is, uh, uh, they know that I'm... Uh, I'm associated to another watch brand and, uh, and I proudly wear my, my IWCs. Um, doesn't mean I'm not very proud on those two, those two Rolexes that, I, uh, that I've managed to win here, um, but uh, my wife does, uh, does enjoy it more on her wrist than, than I do.
3: I was going to ask, are, are they going to be presents one day for family members? Is that sort of the intent that you'll bequeath them?
2: Well, I, you know, I, li- I like to collect watches, so obviously those two pieces are special pieces, uh, amongst others. Um, and uh, sure, I mean, the, the intent is to, to keep them in the family uh, for a long time, and uh, they're obviously great memories, they tell a story, they're a sort of trophy, if you will. And then so, uh, yeah, very proud, and obviously would love to expand the collection.
3: Getting the pole last year obviously doesn't result in getting the win, but if you look on paper, pole to win for you guys. That's not bad. Um, How much are you going to push to try and get another pole position for this race?
2: I think qualifying is always a special moment. When you've got low fuel, new tyres always a special moment and you you try to extract the maximum from the car. Um, We know it's not necessarily... a big advantage here at this race 24 hours uh with 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 the pit sequence of the yellows and so on but obviously you'd always choose to start from the front if you could so uh it just keeps you out of trouble at the start and um try and aim for the for the best starting position once again
3: well you won the two watches your first two watches with a year in between let's shorten that this time good luck this year thank you a year ago, we sat at a table just over your shoulder, PJ Hyatt. And you were ready for your debut, <laughs> but you were a little bit nervous. Now you got a year under your belt. You've been to Le Mans. You've brought Rexy to fans all across the world, and now you're taking it a step up. Talk a little bit about the desire to go race in LMP2 this year.
6: Well, it's, I mean, it's in some ways it's simple. Uh, I was really hoping that IMSA would add a bronze mandate for the GTD class, they decided not to do that, so I wanted to go to a class where I felt like I could be more competitive to have peers, uh, guys and women like me, and P2 seemed like the right place to do it. So having this sort of backup plan towards the middle of last season, we bought the P2 car, did a few days of testing. I seemed to get along okay with it, so it was it was always sort of a just-in-case but since they decided not to add the mandate, I thought, well, let's give it a shot because if, if I can be competitive, um, there's no reason not to. The only hiccup with that, of course, is we had we built this unbelievably popular livery within Rexy. And so, you know, we, we kinda threw around some different ideas about well can we put the dinosaur on the P two car, but it's such a radically different design. Uh, we had to we had to leave Rexy on the 911 and i am actually you know i couldn't be more excited that now we have a driver lineup in gtd pro with a fan favorite livery and i think i think we're going to do exceptionally well this year so i'm, I'm excited about both programs but primarily i'm in the p2 for for the the bronze mandate but I, I just think now that i've experienced the car and i did the races in in sepang with Asian Lama, i mean it's it's a ton of fun to drive. It's an absolute blast to drive that car.
3: Well, in the driver lineup that you amassed, not only for GTD Pro with some superstars, but to join you in LMP2, anybody would be standing in line for the defending P2 champion. <laughs> you just happened to get him. So what is it like to drive with someone who's now won P2 championships in Europe and in North America?
6: I mean, it's, a, it's an embarrassment of riches to have these co-drivers. I mean, it, it, Paul Liu is is such a special guy, one, because he's supremely talented, but he's also just a nice guy. Um, So when you spend as much time as you do with your co-drivers, it's nice to have people that you actually want to spend time with. And so Alex, Matt, Paul Liu, like they're all really, really good guys and they're they're all very talented. So, yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited about our driver lineup.
3: Well, and, and you mentioned uh, Alex Quinn and, and Matty Brabham. Matt's never done this race before, which just boggles my mind because he's won stadium super trucks. I mean, the jumpy trucks, as we like to call them, a bajillion times. Uh, he's driven everything under the sun. He's won a Bathurst. I mean, the kid has so much talent, and he kind of faded off the radar. How did you get reunited with him to bring him back into sports cars?
6: Well, Gunners had a relationship with the Brabham family for a while, and so i that, that was sort of the original connection. We we had Matt come and do some testing mm-hmm. in the 11 last year uh, as far as the GTD program just to sort of introduce him into the AO family and you know we we realized right away he was a great fit and because he's done so much different sorts of driving I mean I'm ashamed to say I didn't even know he did the Indy 500 like the year that Rossi won he was a rookie with Rossi like it's just crazy the guy's CV so for me to have him start uh, Daytona fresh like this with the team. I mean, I was crazy enough to do do it last year, far be it from me to tell somebody else they can't do it for the first time with our team this year. So, yeah, I know Matt's, Matt's an awesome, awesome driver.
3: You hinted at the fact that you couldn't put the Rexy livery on the P2 because they were so different. So instead of dinosaurs, you went with dragons. <laughs> Talk a little bit about the design of the P2 car and how all that came together.
6: You know, it's, it's, it's really hard once we created Rexy to think about a follow-up act to that. We knew we were going to get sort of eviscerated if we screwed it up yeah. or, or hopefully engender more love with the AO racing team if we did it right. And so we went through many, many different designs and many different characters, and we thought that Dragon livery sort of lended itself so nicely to the shape and the length of the P2 car. And, uh, but, but, but at the same time, you know, there's always this huge fear that, people won't respond to it in the same way they did to Rexy. Because prior to launching Rexy, we didn't know people were going to like that either. Yeah. And so <laughs> we'll see, you know, we'll know more this weekend and next at the race. But I, I have a very good feeling just based upon the online response to, to Spike. And that's, that's yeah, we, we wanted a character that was lovable by adults and children alike, that made sense on the shape of an LMP2 car. And um, I, I think we did a pretty good job, but we'll, we'll let the fans decide.
3: I would say nailed it. Um, yeah. The other thing that's fun, your helmet. You did such a great helmet last year with the dinosaur on one side and the unicorn on the other. You've got that back, but this year there's a different theme going yeah. on for your helmet. <laughs> Talk about the livery.
6: I mean, I so Mike Savage is the guy who, who painted it, and he does a lot of unbelievably great helmet designs. And I, it's so funny. We, we don't have these long, drawn-out, brainstorming conversations. Last year <laughs> I said... I asked my kids what I should put on my helmet. My son wanted the T-Rex. My daughter wanted the unicorn. And so he said, okay, fine, let's do it. Yeah. And that's what the livery came he came up with last year was an unbelievable livery. I couldn't believe everybody responded so well to it. And then that, I mean, obviously, Rexy was born from this this T-Rex theme from the helmet. And the rest is history. But this year, I mean, it was literally like a two-minute conversation. <laughs> hey, do you want to keep the characters? yes because it feels like I bring my kids with me to the racetrack when they're not with me and then he said well I was thinking about a space theme I said I love space, let's do it. Also, yeah. my kids love space, so this is a win-win. And so I just saw it for the first time a couple hours ago, and he, he just knocked it out of the park again.
3: So you've got a space rocket, you've got an astronaut with the American flag, planting it on a green surface, comets, moons, stars. It, it's just brilliant. And then, of course, the T-Rex wearing a little right, 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 astronaut right. helmet exactly. and with yes. Owen's name written in the stars over it. And then you have the unicorn with the, the astronaut's helmet as well, and Emily's name. It's so brilliant and it must make you smile every time that you see that and think of your kids
6: every single time yes every single time
3: there's nothing better than that, PJ. Honestly, I don't know if I should be telling you this, but I, I room with Amanda uh, Gunner's wife for the Ferrari Challenge weekends. We were we were at a Ferrari Challenge event the first time that you tested the P2 car, and I remember Gunner and hearing the excitement in his voice after you got out of the car because it was like, <laughs> "Yes, we have found it. He's he's going to figure this out. This is the car for him." So only good things for you my friend
6: I I appreciate that you know I I do feel like I had some unfinished business in the 911 Mm -hmm. last year and I, I, I absolutely love that car it's an awesome car I have such a strong connection with the Porsche brand but yeah there is something about this P2 car that I just get along really well with and I'm excited to go racing this year
3: After a year away, it's back to a full season for Oliver Jarvis, but you're in GT cars once again. Now, your first Rolex win came in the GT class. Are you actually excited at the thought about being in such a competitive environment again where you do have to look up and behind you?
7: Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Firstly, just to be back in IMSA, um, but also in the GTD class. Um, It's so strong. I've always kept an eye on it. You know, like you say, I was here originally in a in GTD, um, to be back here in GTD Pros, very special, especially with FAF, who, you know, one of the top teams of the championship. So um, a lot going on, a lot to learn. And as you say, probably need to also be looking in in the rearview mirror as well. So that's going to be something that I'm definitely going to have to get used to.
3: When you got the call up saying, hey, we'd like you for a full season in IMSA, and then you realized it was with FAF, did that make it easier to come back?
7: Yeah, a lot of people have asked me, you know, what made you know why do you make that decision and i actually had options in lmp2 um, but i spoke with chris um, the manager of faf and i dealt a little bit with mclaren i just liked the way the conversations went and also you know they're a team that wants to win you know they're here to win races win championships so it you know gelled really well and um in the end it was an easy decision
3: it's one of those things that when you know of the team, you're impressed by them. But when you actually know the team, when you get to meet the people and the faces behind the scenes, it makes even more of a difference. And then they bring in endurance specialists in the form of a resident Canadian and an Indy 500 for the Daytona race. So it, it's got to make you feel even better knowing who's around you.
7: Yeah, I mean they've they've put together a great team, and um, you know I'm I'm still getting to know the, the team itself and the guys and girls that work here but so far I've been nothing but impressed you know, right from our, our first dealings up till now and what's really interesting is you know, we've had the media day and I'm meeting other drivers and you know, even in the airport as soon as they know you with FAF I haven't heard a, a single bad word and, and anybody that's driven for them is, speaks extremely highly so you know, that bodes well of course I've got to build my own relationship and we've got to get to know each other but uh, so far so good
3: you spent a lot of time in North America in the recent years in the top category. How different is it going to be for you to adjust your braking points and trying to re- recalibrate your brain to this form of
7: racing? I think in terms of braking points um, and driver lines, it, it's it's not such a big change. Obviously, you know, I probably shouldn't be trying to brake after the 100 in the bus stop. Um, <laughs> certainly just not yet. But I think the bigger things the traffic, um, uh, certainly for the the last few years I've been used to to being in the top class and overtaking and all of a sudden in a GT car you know you're going to have the the prototypes coming through and it's being aware of that and also the fact that you know we're also going to be overtaken by LMB 2 with bronze drivers in the car so that's a whole new element Um, I've got this weekend and you know also the first 16 hours of the race to adjust to that but it's certainly I think going to be the the hardest part of the, the learning curve for me
3: in the last few years, uh, qualifying took a different form. But before that, you got back-to-back polls overall in this race. You've also qualified second. You're very, very good at qualifying here. Any thought in talking to the team and saying, guys, um, I kind of know what I'm doing when it comes to qualifying at Daytona. Can I please have a go?
7: None at all. <laughs> Honestly, I, do you know, I haven't even thought about qualifying. Um, and I really don't care who does it. Um, that's not my nature. Uh, Marvin knows the car extremely well he's really quick Um, and I'm you know I'm not even sure if there's a plan for qualifying because you know also whoever qualifies has to start the race and actually that's probably more important than than where you qualify so at the moment I think our focus is actually getting on getting out the pit lane you know giving the car a rollout as such because the team got the car so late this is this is a rollout you know first session going to be a rollout check systems and and we're going to go from there so I think race plans and qualifying plans, that stuff that we'll we'll discuss later.
3: Well, and two things that I want to hit at. The first being uh, the tyre allocation. You've got basically six sets of tyres for the roar for the eight hours worth of running because you then have 25 sets for the race and one set carries over from qualifying so the way that I'm playing it out six sets for the course of the roar that's not a great amount and yes we're going to have red flags we're going to have a lot of abbreviated running but how much can you actually learn with that limited tire span? and then also the 25 sets that's not just the race that's all of next week so we go into next week where if you spend more time on track learning the car you're going to be at a disadvantage when we come in the race
7: it's definitely a you know a huge topic because that's a big change from when I've done it in the past um, all of a sudden your testing mileage can potentially eat into your tire allegation for the race and already if you said 25 sets for the race that's still not a huge amount you know when I first came to Daytona we were chucking tires at it every stint you know or sorry every two stints you know every hour and, and ten minutes you know assuming you did no testing we haven't got enough for that so you're certainly going to have to keep an eye on it in testing. Probably reduce your mileage, or at least stay longer on sets of tires. And then in the race, first 16 hours is is going to be, I would assume, you know, doubles and you know, trying to trying to save tires for the end of the race.
3: Yeah. At least it's nice and chill overnight. Uh, it shouldn't be cold this year. Please, weather gods, don't let that happen season you and Marvin you mentioned Marvin knows the car really well you know not only the tracks but the series and the way that the rule book works you've been here long enough to have figured that out how are you going to balance the two of you with your expertises to try and help each other grow quickly to adapt this car
7: I think it's actually a good mix because we both have different expertise you know so from that side he can help me with the car you know I can explain to him what I know about the championship how we can go racing and you know how things work so you know, hopefully, our, our strengths and weaknesses at this stage of the season will balance each other out. Um, you know, like I said, he's extremely quick. Um, it's been great to work with him so far. So, you know, I think it's going to be a good relationship, and you know, I hope that we can go fight at the front. I really do.
3: Statistically, last season was FAF's worst since joining the championship. They still finished fourth and won the 12 Hours of Sebring. If I can give you right now a fourth and a 12 Hours of Sebring win this year, would you take it, given how competitive the field is?
7: <laughs> if I said yes, I think the team would um, would get rid of me straight away because, <laughs> you know, when you hear them, you know, when you say fourth in, in GTD Pro and a Sebring win, that's not a bad year. When but when, when I look at the reports and the way the teams speak about last year, you would think they were last every race, which, which isn't the case. And, you know, looking from the outside, I think it was under difficult circumstances as well. Um, maybe weren't, didn't have the most competitive package. Um, not my department to discuss, but it's actually not a bad... When I look at it as an outsider, you know, you'd say that's not bad results. Having seen the way they, they talk about it, they absolutely do not want to repeat of that you know they are i think when you have so much success the expectation levels go up and that's what's happened with them they now expect to be winning races regularly and fighting for the championship so you know already i can see that's their their aim
3: 2017 was a good year for Pato Award racing at IMSA. It was kind of before people really knew who you were, but you made the big splash here at Daytona, winning the Rolex in your first try. That was a cool year, but then doing it in a different class in 2022 with LMP2, that had to be a different feeling for you. Does it now feel it coming home every time you get to do an IMSA race?
8: Always, always. I always love coming to Daytona because it's it's like getting back to one big happy family with like the stars of all the different series around the world you know like nascar indycar formula one um you know formula e imsa WEC, whatever Mm -hmm. it's um it's just cool to drive with guys that you don't really get to race around uh through your season and um you get to kind of combine forces with with your co-drivers and 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 win a pretty nice a pretty nice trophy I would call it. Uh, so I feel lucky enough to have two, and would love to add another one to the collection.
3: Do you treat the people you're on track with normally, i.e. an IndyCar, any differently when you see them out there on the high banks of Daytona? Ah,
8: uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's such a long race, so you 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 definitely you, you definitely approach it in a, in a bit more chill mode. Um, you know, compared to like a more of a sprint kind of approach, but um, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys are in different classes. You know, not all of them are LMDh or LMP2. So I've got um, you know guys that I race against in IndyCar and LMDh. Quite a few are against us in, in LMP2. So I guess those are probably the ones that we're going to race uh, as close as we race in IndyCar. You know, because we're fighting for the same thing. <laughs> yeah.
3: And then the guys that you see in the GT cars, you just flash the headlights a couple extra times at them.
8: Yeah, we, I said two flashes means get out of the way. Yeah,
3: that's perfectly fair. Uh, coming into this year, there's a lot of excitement for you in IndyCar. But coming into the Rolex, I mean, you're with a team that is favorite to come out with a watch. You've got Ben Hanley, Ben Keating, United Autosports USA as, as a whole. There's a lot of pressure on them coming in for a full season championship run. But do you feel like you've got the right guys in your car?
8: Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think we have a great team going, and um, I always uh, tell everybody it's, it doesn't matter if you have the strongest four drivers, but if one of them makes a mistake, yeah. you're out of the contention. And, and the, the most important thing is not really being the, being the quickest every single lap, but it's about uh, not making those stupid mistakes. And it's okay to take a little bit of extra time in certain areas in order to make sure that you don't make those mistakes. Um, so it's uh it's a long race it's a very long process and it's a lot of hours of driving but i'm looking forward to it and and you know and i think i have the the right guys around me to to be able to make it happen
3: with two rolexes and two emsa championships under your belt because the endurance championship and the pc do people maybe give you a little bit more respect coming into this race um
8: honestly everybody's always raced me very very fair and square and uh you know you get what you give. So if you're uh, if you're being annoying, then expect that. <laughs> Sorry, can I...
3: This orca that you're racing now, uh, you've got some experience in the closed cockpit cars, but do you sort of need a moment to remember what it's like when you can't see your tires?
8: Yeah, uh, no, absolutely, and that's that The hardest thing is probably. Um, understanding the tire and understanding like how much you can get away with because you don't get to see a lot of the stuff that the tire kind of stresses under um you you might see a little bit of smoke here and there but it's it's a lot harder to feel than 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 an open wheel car so to me that is that is the hardest thing to kind of adjust to you have to be a lot more sensitive to those things um but other than that the car i mean it's just another race car it's it's um it, it likes to get driven quite gentle uh, compared to the car. You cannot drive it like, like the car at all. Um, and that's obviously a combination of what the car likes, what the tire likes. But um, it's, a, it's a really nice car to drive. I mean, I've always really enjoyed uh, getting in them and, and just really seeing what they're all about.
3: Now, as far as the series goes, uh, you do have some tracks that you don't get to race at anymore that you did back in the PC. Which of those tracks do you miss?
8: Um, Watkins Glen is one that is just, it's an awesome track. Uh, So Watkins Glen's got to be one, obviously Daytona, because of of just what this race means. Um, You know, I know Sebring isn't the smoothest of places, but it's, it's, it's a cool track. It's got a lot of character. And um, and we don't get to drive on that uh, full track ever. Uh, we only get to drive on the half track, I yeah. believe we can call it. Um, so those are a few. And um, obviously there's there's like a Canadian tire that I thought was very fun, a very fast track, Road Atlanta, uh, which was extremely enjoyable for me. So
1: just, yeah,
8: all of those are, are really they're uh, they proper racetracks that that uh, that, uh, that I think can host an IndyCar race, no problem.
3: Yeah, I'd love to see that. Uh, you mentioned Road Atlanta, that was the only race that you didn't win in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Can we please get you back to Petite to set that right? Yeah,
8: I wanna I, I wanna go back to Petite, I, I really do and um it's it's usually pretty fitting with, with when my IndyCar season ends just uh kind of run into scheduling issues now that that, that, that I have the Formula One um uh, the Formula One kind of program. Um, but as soon as I have an opening I I'm definitely wanna I wanna do it. I wanna do it on a, an LMDH. I want to be able to win overall Daytona, 12 hours, like I wanna do the the full endurance championship on an LMDH car. That's uh, that's my next goal.
3: But your class wins, they still count to you, right? No
8: absolutely. I mean every every class has their has their winner, but you know in the last four years that I've participated I've always participated in the second quickest class. Uh, so it'd be a cool a cool feather to add to my cap to be able to to join in on, a, on an overall.
3: Hopefully we can make that happen. Yeah, Thanks, I'd, Pato. I'd love that. Thank you. One of the biggest stories coming into the Rolex has to be the return of the dark horse because all of a sudden Ford is back and they brought a Mustang GT3, Harry Tinknell. What an honor it is to get to drive this car, to debut it. When the Ford GT came in, that was the big splash that everyone paid attention to. Are you already feeling the same love?
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think ever since uh the B O P tests and the tests in December, uh, you know, you see all the teams, all the drivers coming up looking at the cars. I remember the very first test we ever did was straight after the W C race in Sebring and all the Toyota factory drivers I haven't looked taking photos, you know. So obviously Mustangs hugely iconic uh it's almost a brand within a brand, you know. When when I have been at the events recently with with bill ford and edsel ford you know that you hear the passion for mustang is huge and i think while obviously the ford gt is an incredible car it's an incredible story what we did uh 50 years on from 1966 you know going to le mans and winning and winning the rolex and winning lots of wc races and um that was incredible um but it was really like a bespoke car you know it was mustang has been around since 1964 and now 60 years on we're we're back and racing in the top class of imsa but also all over the world um you know the fact that there's a customer program as well we've really had that in our mindset in the development of like we've got to have amateur drivers driving this car pro drivers aspiring pros and and i think um we've created a car that um is going to be good for all of those different um you know whether you're racing top class pro racing or an amateur i think i feel I feel like the car is very drivable so it's it's a really exciting time and uh, just can't wait to get going
3: how much does it mean to you to joey to dirk that so many of the guys on the team are guys that were on the ford gt program they're very loyal to their people
0: yeah 100 percent. honestly i never really felt like i left uh um, it's you know Ford. It really is a family, and like I say, we had the launch night of the Ford Performance uh, program for 2024 last night in Charlotte. Yeah, and you know, Bill and Ed saw they come up to you and they know who you are. And They talk to you and asking you questions, you know, for ten, fifteen minutes, and they and they're really passionate and they mean it. And and you know they they treat you as one of the family because you know we've obviously know put all that, that effort in before and you really feel that from the top down and I've not experienced that with any other manufacturers so that is that is amazing um, and uh, yeah I mean we've been you know talking about this program privately and doing the testing since you know March you know February even last year so it's almost surreal that we're now here ready to ready to go uh, I feel like every test we've improved the car learn more about it all the time um, but uh, yeah, you, at some point you have to go and do it in front of the world, mm-hmm. and uh, for 24 hours uh, in IMSA, you know, it's not like um, you know we can do a little four-hour practice race, maybe a six-hour, you know, um.
3: just gently wade into the yeah, water. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. You know, I remember from our side in the in the, the W C you know, we had two six-hour races before the first. Uh, 24 hour race at the morning and but yeah in IMSA you have the 36 hours of Florida straight away and it's a uh, it's a brutal schedule for a new car so I think we're as prepared as we can be and we honestly don't know you know where everyone else is at we're just focusing on ourselves and I think um, I think we're in we're, we're definitely in the fight I think we can say that and uh, we'll just we'll we won't find out until you know next Saturday where 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 that is
3: I've been really enjoying watching the YouTube documentary that they put out, which is very in detail, very candid about the behind the scenes of getting a car ready. How have you taken to that? Because obviously it's very different to not be secretive.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think yeah, it's an incredible documentary, very well edited and... Uh yeah the pictures and quality and everything is amazing and it is strange sometimes you know you're you're maybe talking about stuff that you wouldn't maybe say uh, you know in front of the world and suddenly you see a boom above your head and you go oh god i've got to be careful here (laughs) what i'm saying but uh no i think obviously at the end of the day it's it's great to capture it be you know um having these documentaries i mean you know it's, it's great to be able to look back on you know i think um you know, I was part of the Mans, uh, journey to Le Mans documentary in 2014, where we uh-huh. won Le Mans, and I think that's incredible that I had that DVD on the mantelpiece, and I'll be able to show that to the grandkids one day. So I always love being part of it, even if sometimes in the in the heat of the moment, in testing or whatever, and can you grab you for an interview? He's like, I need to focus on the car here, sort of thing. But you know, you make it work, and uh, I think as you as you uh, get more experience, and that's the other thing for me is like. When I first worked with the Ford engineers Mm -hmm. and the marketing team and everything, I was like 23, 24. You know, I was the young guy in the car. Andy was really helping me. And uh, it's interesting because I don't really feel any different, but they haven't seen me for a few years. And they come back and say, oh, you you know, you changed your nose. Know, technically, you know, a lot more advanced, and to be part, really, part of the of the development program from mm-hmm. the very start, from day one, whereas obviously previously I was just coming in right at the end and just getting ready to to race. It's a it's a big shift, but uh, I've really enjoyed being part of that, and um, yeah, let's uh, let's see um, how it goes. And, you know, it's the first race of a long program, and it's great the Ford have committed to that, and uh, you know we've probably got. This is the first of maybe 50 or 60 races in IMSA. So, you know, I'm very confident we're going to win plenty of them. But, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see.
3: Just which ones and when, that's the question mark. No,
0: 100%. And, of course, we'd love to come here and create history um, next weekend. But, uh, yeah, like I say, um, we're just focused on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we've got to get to that hour 22 like everyone else has with a clean car and uh, ready to fight those last two hours. But I, I think what Ford have done with you know the driver lineups Mm -hmm. they've they've chosen experience they've chosen people they know they can trust and uh, we're all coming from it with the same mindset which is great
3: this is a new experience for you because all of a sudden you're not just passing you're being passed and yeah you ran in GTD last year so you do have one Daytona where you've been well the slowest thing on track but that's not going to be the case this year as far as you go though prototype mentality versus GT car are you going to have to relearn some of the tracks and how you drive them
0: well, yeah, you're right. I mean, in IMSA, actually outside of Daytona, I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't really raced in uh, in in GTS. Only Sebring, obviously with the WEC. But um, yeah, all the other all the other tracks, um, I'm used to being the other side of the coin, being the faster car yes. o- overtaking. But I really feel like um, doing both categories is is helps both because you know what the GT driver is going through if you're in the prototype and you're wrestling this big. You know, 13, 1400 kilo car around the track with less downforce. And you know when you're in the GT that the prototype, what well, the prototype's thinking, he wants to get past you or she wants to get past you as quick as possible. And so, um, yeah, you, you're just able to react to that. I think you can just tell by the body language of the car. You know, you're paying chess at 180 mile an hour at the end of the day. And I think it really helped me when I first went to the Ford program and then came back to prototypes. Um, so i'm grateful to be doing both you know i'm going to be doing the wc in in, in hypercars so i've got that contrast again mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's a very valid point that i haven't really thought of too much you know i'm going to definitely you know be readapting a little bit on some of the other tracks you know road americas and road Atlantis and stuff like that for being a slower car but um like i say i think i um, i've got good experience doing both and it should you know should be a able to, to cope with it hopefully um you know i still remember that first year with mazda and imsa just loving it going to each track and it all being brand new it's never going to be tougher than that mm-hmm. and i had jonathan bon Marito that year really helping me w- with all of that so i feel like uh, yeah this time around it should be okay
3: good luck this year harry cheers thanks, you so priu you've done daytona a couple times now you've stood on the podium in that second spot do you think gtd pro is going to be the class where finally you get to the top spot
1: I mean, I would love to. Uh, you know, I'd never want to be complacent. We've got a good lineup of guys, you know, Michael and, and Lauren um, and myself. So, I think we've got all the ingredients to to do that. But um, obviously, you know what twenty four hour racing is like. It's not the first lap you win, and it's not even sometimes the last lap. It's a uh, it's a tough one. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I think just going with the with a clear mind. But you know, obviously we yeah, have one goal in sight is to win. But you've got to get to the finish line first. So uh, just being clever, and I think yeah, we could we could do it.
3: I think there's only maybe 10 cars in the field that elected to go with three drivers. Why did you guys choose to not bring in a fourth?
1: I mean, more of a team decision. I think, obviously, um, I don't mind that either. Uh, it's some, yeah, sometimes nice to have a bit more rest, but three drivers uh, keeps you sharp. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, obviously, less less room for uh, errors, maybe, you know, with, with pit stops, less driver changes. So, uh, yeah, I, I think more of a team decision, but um, I'm happy with, with us three, and I think it's a good, strong lineup, yeah
3: second year with the car uh daytona was a struggle last year for porsche there's no secret about that this year you've been given a big bop help so it it should be a very different car but as far as if we take bop out of the equation what did ao racing learn develop change on the car from daytona last year to when you were testing here just a few weeks ago
1: obviously you know you learn the car a lot during the year and, and the guys now at ao know what they're doing um i think there's a lot of things you know about this car that is different to others, and um, Porsche is very unique in that aspect of things um, and I think you're obviously a new tire for this year and um, yeah last year's bop was wasn't good it was more of a crow cut race which is fine but uh yeah it was it was it was a bit painful you know you're, you're twenty four hours you know racing and you know that you 've got no chance but uh you know you learn from it and um, um, this year is totally different clean slate and uh think the main thing we learn is just the, the car is different and, and I, I mean we, we've learned that now and it's, it's a good good car so I'm, I'm excited for this for this race now yeah
3: yeah you were the 104th quickest gt3 driver in the race <laughs> last year and that was nothing against you that was just the performance of the car so coming into the race this year looking at the expected bop and the performance of the car does it actually fill you with a different feeling coming into the race
1: um i mean i'm always in the same feeling for me it's always to keep a cool head um i that's out of my control and um, I can only do what I can do Uh, for me is to be uh, do an excellent job uh, professional uh, no mistakes you know that's hard to do but as much as I can and um, I think yeah obviously it does help it does give you a bit more mentally more confidence in in the car and uh, our capability of what we can do this weekend I think we could do a good result if it all goes well
3: It's a different lineup for you. This is the first time you're doing this race without an AM in the car. So it's different expectation. It's a different um, workload and responsibility. How do you think about that going into the race?
1: You know, um, I loved driving with PJ last year. It was great. Um, It's nice to help drivers out um, and give my experience and what I've learned. But it's definitely nice to have a pro lineup um, for, for this year and to know that, you know, i can more focus on my driving and you know leave him to it i know the car is going to be safe and it's going to push me forward as well as you know as well as i push him as well and i think that's just nice to know that we're racing against pros um it's not gonna be easy it never is but i i'm I'm just like yeah i'm very much looking forward to the, the year ahead really
3: well you and lauren for the full season it's going to be a lot of new tracks for him obviously you know all the tracks by this point except detroit because we haven't raced there before looking at how you can best help your teammate now does it feel weird you're the elder statesman
1: yeah i know i'm i'm the one showing him the ways which uh you know he's a top driver um no no worries with him learning any tracks but they are different over here the tracks in america they are you know very edgy um, and they do require a lot of commitment but you know I think he'll get on with it really well and um, he's got a good CV and I think both of us also so uh, yeah I think it's just a good like I said ingredients should, should hopefully plan out to win some races this year
3: how much do you guys study the rule book to know the different aspects and little nuances of racing in north america because especially for someone like lauren who's done it what two career cup races it's a very different experience
1: yeah i love imsa racing i've always loved it um it's a lot different you know to what i've done previously you know i i like that they don't neutralize the race they they bunch it all back up and um it causes sometimes some mayhem but i think the fans love it and it's, you know, you get like a 10-second gap, 20-second gap. You think you're good. The safety car comes out. You bunch everyone back up again. Then you've got to fight another, you know, hour or so in without any yellows. So it's good racing. and I personally love it.
3: You still have Multimatic on your fire suit. Obviously, they have different allegiances this year, including Harry Tinknell, who you're going to be battling against. Uh, that's just weird to think about, you and Harry in different cars. Have you guys talked at all about what it's going to be like to be door-to-door on the track?
1: I, to be honest, I haven't. And uh, I know that uh, my boss said to me, if I put uh, the you know the fall on the grass, yeah, I'll lose my job. So I have to be careful uh, with that. But obviously, ra- rubbing's racing, and... Um, you know, obviously, I, I would never intentionally do anything to to uh, harm anyone. But you know, it, racing is unpredictable. You don't know what happens. So, but yeah, it's weird to race against sort of my fellow team if you, if it was. But uh, AO is uh, you know a great team, and I'm fully committed with them uh, this year. And you know, Multimatic is, is a great company, and they're always they're supporting me as as well. But um, yeah, it's just great to be a part of it.
3: Well, it was Multimatic on your car when you won the Career Cup North America Championship a couple of years ago. So they're still family too. I mean, you've got two families.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, still, still a Multimatic driver, and um, but uh, just they, they gave me to these guys last year, and, and I've loved it uh, ever since. So uh, just nice to get another shot at it uh, in the Pro Series with, with you know now knowing the car, what it did last year. We we're slightly you know hurt with BOP last year, I thought. So this year is, is a, should be a lot better.
3: How is it going to be advantageous to both cars that you have an LMP2 and a GTD Pro? Can you guys actually help each other out on the racetrack?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, if, if we're not in a good position, I'd let I'd let them go. And uh, if, if same otherwise. So I think they would definitely give us an extra inch, you know, uh, rather than, you know, being right up to us. So I think that should help us. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of cars out on track. And, uh, you know, what racing's like here at Daytona. A lot happens. Um, so... I'm just going to go out there like I do every time just just to clear head and um, if they do help us out that would be that would be great as well.
3: Well this is completely meaningless but the last time Michael Christensen raced here in a fire suit and got the Rolex in 2017 white green and black was on his fire suit so hopefully it works for you guys again this year.
1: Um, I'm really wanting one of that Rolex watch I was close uh, a couple years ago and uh Yeah, I want to do one step better uh, than my dad did. He he never won one. So yeah, I want to try and get that one step better. But as you know, it's nearly impossible to win win these races. So I'm just going to try my best.
3: Day two of the Roar Before the 24 about to wrap up here on track. Oh, no, wait, it's not because there's night practice. So stay tuned to social media. Keep your eyes open, your ears open, and pay attention because we still have more track running for you for today. But for now, I'm Shay Adam. Thanks for listening.
0: This program is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check IMSAradio.com and subscribe to Imza Radio wherever you get your podcasts.